Acts chapter 28. Let's stand together, please, and I'm going to begin reading in verse 11. Verse 11. This is a... This is kind of the closing chapter, the closing uh, section, I should say, the scripture, uh, where Paul arrives in Rome. And so his journey has been taking up a good portion of this, uh, not only this chapter, but the chapter even previous to that. So we're going to kind of take up in the middle of it as they're making the final leg of this journey. In verse 11 it says, And after three months... And that's talking about three months on the island of Malta or Melita. After three months, we departed in a ship of Alexandria, which had wintered in the isle. This ship from Alexandria, Alexandria, uh, the northern part of the African continent. This ship had wintered there on this island, whose sign was Castor and Pollux, and landing at Syracuse... We tarried there three days, and from thence we fetched a compass and came to Rigium. And after one day, the south wind blew, and we came the next day to Puteoli, where we found brethren, Luke says. For we found found brethren, and we desired to tarry with them seven days. And so we went toward Rome. And from thence, when the brethren heard of us, they came to meet us as far as Appii Forum and the three taverns, whom when Paul saw, he thanked God and took courage. Now that will be the theme of the message tonight. We'll look at a little history of this passage. But taking courage... Um, Paul and his company have been, after this long journey uh, that began in Caesarea, and uh, they've made their way finally to Rome. They're approaching Rome in verse 15, and came as far as Appii Forum, that's about 50 miles outside of Rome, and the three taverns, which is closer, maybe 30 miles outside of Rome. And there they're met by a group of believers. Now for us, that's just so many words to say. It's not a big deal. We're meeting with a group of believers tonight, right? It happens all the time. But he had been on a ship for our own, our our shipwrecked one for months, probably at least six months this journey had taken. And wondering at times if they would ever really survive the storms that they'd been going through. So when Paul saw these brethren in verse 15, here's the language of the Bible. He thanked God and took courage. What he saw encouraged him. And let's pray as we begin. Father, thank you for your word. We thank you for preserving for us this perfect record of things so important to church history, so important to our lives as well. We pray that you'd bless as we study, help us to be attentive to give our focus to the Word of God. Help me, Lord, as I seek to teach the Word of God tonight. And as we learn together, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I want to begin tonight, before I just even 
back up in this passage to make a statement that I hope you'll take to heart, and that is this. All of us need encouragement. And not just all of us in this room. All of all God's people need encouragement. And this, this, for, this, for this man, for Luke and company, Luke was traveling with Paul. This was an extremely difficult journey. And um, I think it would be safe to say that people who are just casually familiar with the things of God, with the Bible, with the Apostle Paul, might assume that someone like the Apostle Paul would never be discouraged. Now, but Paul would never... Paul knew too much to be discouraged, right? Paul, Paul, Jesus had revealed himself to Paul in ways that he'll never reveal himself to us in this life. But the truth is, Paul needed encouragement. He needed encouragement at this point in his life. And sometimes we, uh, I, think, I think more, of course, as, as a man would think, and we don't want people to think we need encouragement. We, I mean, we're men, right? We got it together. You know, we can make it without any help, right? Uh, right. And, uh, but Paul was humble enough to acknowledge the fact that what happened right here helped him spiritually. It, he took courage. And we're going to talk about that phrase in a little bit in verse 15. He took courage. Now, if you were to look at the last two chapters of the book of Acts, 27 and 28, those, all of those chapters are about this journey, which is pretty interesting. Sixty verses of Scripture are devoted to this journey when they left Caesarea and made their way to Rome. And it ends with this journey, ends with our text. And by the way, this journey really technically began not in Caesarea, but it began in Jerusalem, where Paul was arrested and thrown in jail... And then when news got out that they were going to assassinate him, he was carried, delivered by night uh, to Caesarea where he spent over two years in prison. So before he even got on the ship, he's been in prison for two years. And then he gets on this ship and he makes this journey headed for Rome. Uh, Counting him, there were 276 people on board this boat. And they, when they, when they arrived, they were at Crete, and the weather was turning bad. It was, it was recommended by Paul that they winter there on this island of Crete, uh, but they didn't listen to his advice, and they went ahead sailing. They brought great damage to the to the vessel, and stopped on the island of Claudia, a little island. We have a map, by the way. I almost forgot about the map. Geography lesson. So if you look to the far right, you see uh, Caesarea, and they actually stopped at Sidon. We were talking Sunday morning about Tyre and Sidon, remember that, on the Mediterranean? They stop at, at uh, Sidon, then they go up above the island of, of Cyprus and make their way up to uh, Nidius, then down below the island of Crete. And at Crete is where uh, Paul says, we need to winter here. And But they decided uh, to ignore his advice. They thought their, the winds were favorable. They were just going to actually, they had a south, a southern breeze, which was perfect. They're going to go along the southern part of Crete, and there they're going to stop at a more favorable place than where they had stopped. 
but this great northeastern came, tremendous hurricane, and uh, it was horrible. And they ended up crashing in Malta. See that place over that little bitty dot over in, in the sea? That, that from Crete to Malta is over 500 miles. And that's how far this storm, for 14 days, they never saw the sun, they never saw the stars for two weeks. And they end up shipwrecked on Malta, and uh, they stayed there for three months, and that's where we take up in verse 11 of our text, after three months. So if you look in our text, it says they left Malta, they went up to Syracuse, they went to Regium, and they eventually made themselves up, way up to the Appia Forum and the taverns and eventually to Rome. So that's the journey. And Paul wanted to see Rome. He had a burden to see Rome. Rome is the center of the Roman Empire. There's no place in the world at that time like Rome. But he didn't originally intend to see it this way. But when he was incarcerated, you'll remember this, they wanted to take him back from Caesarea to, to Jerusalem to try him. And, he, and as a Roman citizen, he appealed to Caesar. So they're taking him to Caesar's court. And that's where we, we have our text, this last leg of this journey. And it's been a difficult journey. Like I said, he's been in prison for two years. He's been traveling. He's been in this, this storm. This, they, were, they were afraid for their life. They've been shipwrecked. And Paul needed some encouragement. When he arrived there... Uh, in Rome, which is just north of the taverns, when he arrived there in Rome, he saw these brethren, and he was encouraged. So here's my question. Thanks for the picture, guys. If Paul needed encouragement, my, my, my guess is that most of us need some encouragement from time to time. And you probably think, well, you know, I, yes, I need encouragement. I work at my place, or I've got struggles with my family, and we're having financial challenges, and and my health is having some issues, but, you know, preachers, preachers probably don't need encouragement. I'm just telling you, everybody needs encouragement. Uh, what about missionaries? And that's really something that I want us to think about tonight, and I'm not going to preach on this, but I just want to put it in your mind. What about missionaries we support? Do, do they ever need encouragement? And we've emphasized this during our missions conference. And that's one of the reasons we have this, uh, we've introduced this uh, adopt-a-missionary thing, to connect with a missionary and be a source of encouragement. Please hear me tonight. Every, I think most honest people in this room would recognize there are times when I just need some encouragement. And I'm telling you, if you need it, everybody needs it. Preachers need it. The Apostle Paul needed it. And dis discouragement is a real it, it, discouragement can come knocking on anybody's door. And uh, we all have to deal with it. The good news is, we may get discouraged, but God doesn't want us to stay discouraged. He doesn't want that. Encouragement is, encouragement is God's plan for our life. Discouragement may be a place we have to visit occasionally, but we don't want to live there. And you don't, we don't have to live there. And we're going to talk about that tonight in the message. So look at this passage, if you would, in verse 15. And from thence, when the brethren heard of us, they came to meet us as far as Appii Forum and the three taverns, whom when Paul saw, he thanked God and took courage. 
So here's the question that we want to answer. It's a very simple, basic question from this text, and that is this. If we're looking for encouragement, where did Paul find encouragement? And the answer is in our text. He thanked God and took courage. So, first of all, he got encouragement from God. He thanked God for it. He recognized that God is the one who gave him this encouragement. God had brought this encouragement to him. And and listen, God, who wants us to be encouraged, can bring encouragement to us. I was thinking about a passage. Hold your finger right here and turn with me, if you would, to Psalms. And the, the third Psalm... A short, fairly short psalm, but a very significant psalm uh, based on the title and what we find in the psalm. Third psalm, and notice the title, it says, a psalm of David when he fled from Absalom, his son. Now... Most of you should remember that the reason David is fleeing, running from Absalom, his son, is because Absalom has betrayed his father and mounted uh, a resistance against him, a coup against him. And rather than David fight against his own son, he runs. Now there's, there's more... There's more to consider there than just the fact that he's leaving the capital city. He's leaving the place that God has established him as the king of Israel. He's leaving that place, but he's leaving because his son has betrayed him. Stabbed him in the back politically. So he's not leaving on good terms. He's leaving with a heavy heart. And if you think about that and read this, you know, you'd understand. Sometimes people, I know this, I know people read the Bible with their emotions detached. They don't think about the pain that they're reading about. But this was a painful time for David. And this is what it says in verse 1. Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, this is what they're saying about me, there is no help for him in God. Selah. Think about it. Dwell on that. Verse 3. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter up of mine head. You know what he says? God's the one that lifts me up. God lifts. God is the one that helps me keep my head up. You ever heard that phrase? Keep your head up. Keep, you know what? Don't be down all the time. Don't be discouraged. The question I'm asking is, where do we find encouragement? And first of all, we find it in God. Paul recognized that God brought this encouragement to him. Back in uh, the 28th chapter of Acts, this is not even the first, this is not the only time that Paul had this help with with God helping him with his encouragement. Look in chapter 27, on the same journey, and verse 20. I, ref- I referenced this a moment ago. Verse 20, it says, And when neither, we're in 2720, And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, 
And no small tempest lay on us. This was not your average storm. All hope that we should be saved was then taken away. Hopelessness. All hope that we would survive this voyage was gone. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, I told you so. You should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. If you had just done what I recommended, this, we wouldn't be here. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer. Cheer up. For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, this is what the angel said to me, fear not, Paul. You know why he said fear not? Because he was in a time of fear, prone to fear. You say, well, I'm a man, I'd never be afraid. You may believe that, but you're, I'm, not, I'm not a believer. I don't believe you for a minute. You may fool your wife, but you're not fooling me. I exhort you to be of good cheer, he says, for there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar. There's more, there's more, there's another chapter to this story. And lo, hath, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, he's talking, Paul is talking to this, these people, this group of people. Be of good, uh, Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. So there, same journey, same trip. He's already had a visitation from God to cheer him up. And now he's had another one where we're looking in Acts chapter 28. So to say it again, where did Paul get his encouragement? He got it from God. Now, there, look, at, look at that statement as a two-sided coin. On one side of the coin, God brings encouragement to us. On the other side of the coin is this. We should recognize it when God brings encouragement to us. Paul recognized it in both cases. So where does it come from? It comes from God. But not only that, look in 28.15. Acts 28.15. Not only does it come from God, this encouragement didn't just come from God, it came from the brethren. Look in verse 15. When the brethren heard of us, they came to meet us as far as Appia Forum and the three taverns. My, re, my study, my research tells me they traveled about 50 miles. And they didn't get to get in their car and drive. They didn't get to take a bus. They walked probably 50 miles. Think about walking from here all the way to the arch. Here all the way to the Mississippi River. And what are you going to do when you get there? You're not going to ride to the top of the arch. You'd think, I could, I'd be doing, I'd walk for that. No, you're just going to be there to greet the preacher when he shows up. That's exactly what they did. They traveled this great distance. And it, what was it that encouraged him? It was the presence of the brethren. Now you may think tonight, well, man, I'm around preachers, or I'm around Christians all the time. It's not a big deal. I see them at my house. I see them at church. Sometimes I see them more than I want to see them. I mean, I'm around Christians all the time. 
But it was the presence of these believers that encouraged him. They made this great journey in, to meet him, to escort him back into Rome. And, and I just want to say, I think one of the most encouraging things, especially, well, I'll just leave it at that. One of the most encouraging things can be just being around God's people. Now, you say, well, it's not that encouraging to me. Well, it was to Paul. Is that right or wrong? It was to Paul. Paul was encouraged by it. He thanked, and he's thanking God in verse 15. When he saw that, he thanked God and took courage. You know, he thanked God for the encouragement he got from the brethren. Now, to me, this, this is worth thinking about for a moment. It would be good for us. For, I'm just going to make it personal. It would be good for me, knowing that all of us, including myself can find yourself in need of encouragement. It would be good for us to know where encouragement can come from. Right? If I knew where to go and get some encouragement, that'd be a good thing for me, wouldn't it? And you say, well, what if you got encouragement today? How long is it going to last? I don't know. Some, I was thinking today, sometimes I think encouragement is like manna. It has a short shelf life. It's good for today, but you may need some more tomorrow. And it is, listen, it is a challenge to keep yourself encouraged. You don't have to keep, you don't have to keep yourself saved. If you're saved, you don't have to keep yourself saved, right? You're eternally saved. But it is a challenge to keep yourself encouraged. And, and, and by the way, God wants us to be encouraged. He does. And, and, and th- uh, let's look at this. If God, wa- if God wants us to be encouraged, who is it that wants us not to be encouraged? Who? The devil. If he can keep us so, so focused on our discouragement and our problems and our, you know, our difficulties, he, he can keep us from being what everything God wants us to be. But, but who, how's God going to encourage us? Here's the, here it is. He encourages us through other people. Right? So the first thing we see is, all of us need to be encouraged. The second question is, where do we find encouragement? And here's the third thing, also in our text, we're still in Acts 28, 15. When Paul saw, when Paul saw he thanked God and took courage. Paul took courage. So the third thought is, encouragement has to be received. Now I could, I could stand up here tonight and say, okay, I'm going to give you some encouragement. But you've got to take it. Right? He took courage. God didn't force that encouragement on him. He saw some believers and he took courage by what he saw. Took, of course, is the past tense of the word take. And take is a verb. It's an action word. If I said, you can have this glass of water, which I wouldn't. But if I said, you can have this glass of water, you've got to come take it. That's exactly what that word means. Encouragement could be right in front of you, but you don't have to take it. Right? Just like you don't have to take this water. You don't, you have, I believe God gives us encouragement. He gives us places and people and things and thoughts and various means to encourage us but we've got to take it. Matter of fact, the very word 
that's translated here in our King James Bible in verse 15 as took is often translated as receive. He received, he took. You know, if, you go to the, if you're sick and you go to the doctor, and by the way, if you're sick, you ought to go to the doctor or get some help somewhere. I know some people are really anti-doctor, but if I get sick enough, I'm going to go to the doctor, right? So you go to the, if you go to the doctor and the doctor says, take this, and you don't take it, whose fault is that? Right? It's your fault. I, I believe it's very, it's very possible, it's within the realm of feasibility to think that Paul could have, when he saw these people, he could have seen those people and really not been encouraged by it. You've got to, be, you've got to receive it. He, I mean, I could see people saying to these crowd of people, Paul's encouraged by them. But I could hear people saying, well, you don't know what I've been through. You know, you, it's easy for you to show up here, 50 miles, you walked, I've been through a storm, almost took my life. Or you could say, why aren't there more of you here than that? I mean, I'm the Apostle Paul, where are all these people? I'm t- that's the way some people would be. Encouragement is brought right to their feet, and yet they don't take courage. We have to receive it. We have to take God's means of encouragement. Paul received it, he took courage. I think encouragement can be found. I think it can be received. And nobody can take... If, I, if I'm struggling, and by the way, I, I've never been um, what I would call clinically depressed. You know, some people are. I'm not minimizing that. I've never been. But all of us have dealt with discouragement at some point in our life. And my wife, though... If I'm discouraged, she can't take encouragement from me. I've got to take it for myself, right? You've got to take it. It's just like any truth. You can sit here tonight and, and truth be presented from the Word of God, and you don't have to take it. You can just sit here and just let it go in one ear and out the other. But, but if you want to change, if you want to be encouraged, I'm just saying I think encouragement can be found. And God wants us to be Encouragement. And by, by the way, how, how could God get encouragement to me? God is, God is encouraged. He could encourage you through a sermon, right? He can encourage you through a song. I mean, God has used music sometimes to lift my soul, to help me, right? God could use just reading the scripture. Or he could use some positive word that somebody had to share or a testimony of something someone has done. I'm telling you, if you want to be encouraged, when God puts it out there, take it. Take it. If someone, if someone presents a testimony of how good God is, don't just brush that off and say, well, you don't know what I'm going through. No, take encouragement. It's out there. For us to find encouragement, we have to, God wants us to be encouraged. That doesn't mean we don't have trials or valleys or difficulties, and it certainly doesn't mean we won't have times when we're going through spiritual warfare. We all go through those. But, but I'm telling you, when God, if, God, if I'm down and God gives us somebody a song or a testimony or something from the Word of God that's designed to help me, I'm going to take it. I don't want to stay in what Proverbs calls the mully grubs. No, it's not in Proverbs. We don't want to live there, right? 
Discouragement is like Florida. I might not mind visiting there, but I don't want to live there, right? It's not a place I want to stay. And discouragement is not a place I want to stay. So encouragement has to be received. It has to be received. That's the third thought. The fourth thought is this. Not only does God want encourage to encourage us, but God wants us to encourage others. And this passage, Paul, Paul gave testimony. Actually, Luke gave the testimony. He wrote it, but it was Paul's, Paul's experience of how Paul was encouraged by others. Paul was encouraged by others. I read an interesting article just a couple of days ago, and it, it was by a man who's a man of faith, but he's a political, he writes about political things, and, and um, just a short little article he wrote about, but he started off just talking about how he just got back from a sabbatical because he was just so down, and, his, and so, everything was so dark in his world and, and stuff, and I'm, you know... Here's a guy who tries to help inform other people to help them, and yet he's down himself. It happens to preachers. It happens to everybody. But we don't want to stay there. So Paul was encouraged by other people. But, but think about this. If, you, if you're familiar with the epistles, Paul, the Pauline epistles, what he wrote to Timothy, his son in the faith, what he wrote to the church at Philippi, the epistles he wrote to the Corinthian church, the, the, the Thessalonican epistles, all these letters he wrote, Romans. You know what you know about Paul? Paul was an avid encourager of others. He spent his life encouraging other people. And yet he needed encouragement, right? It wasn't like he always lived on the mountaintop and never had any struggles. So he knew the value of both things. He knew the value of giving encouragement. He knew the value of receiving encouragement. Let me just show you one example of this. Go to 2 Corinthians, if you would. 2 Corinthians chapter 7. And he's writing again. This is an epistle he wrote to the Corinthian church. And notice what he says in verse 4. Great is my boldness of speech toward you. 2 Corinthians 7, 4. 2 Corinthians 7, 4. Great is my boldness of speech toward you. Great is my glorying of you. Notice these two statements. I am filled with comfort. I am exceeding joyful in all our tribulation. Look in verse 5. For when we were come into Macedonia, our flesh had no rest, but we were troubled on every side. Without were fightings, within were fears. Now, as preachers, we may have a tendency to embellish things, to exaggerate. We're people too, right? I mean, we might as But Paul, it wouldn't be in the Bible if he was embellishing or exaggerating this. This is how he felt. We were troubled on every side. Without were fightings, there conflict, external problems, but also inside, within, their fears. But look in verse 6. Nevertheless, God, that comforteth those that are cast down, comforted us, 
Not by the coming of some angel, right? By the coming of Titus. When Titus came, God comforted us when Titus showed up. In verse 7, and not by his coming only. It wasn't just the fact that he was there. But by the consolation, or another word would be comfort, the consolation wherewith he was comforted in you. He said, I was so down. Outside there was pressure, all kinds of pressure on me. Inside there was turmoil. Inside there was fear. We'd probably call it a panic attack today. I'm stressed out. Pressure. But when Titus came, he comforted me, but not just his presence, but by the consolation wherewith he was comforted in you. He came and told me how much you had comforted him, verse 7, and he told us your earnest desire, your mourning, your fervent mind toward me. Titus told me, he's, Paul's writing the Corinthian church, Titus told me how you told him how much you cared about me so that I rejoiced the more. Now you could say, well, it sure don't take much to get Paul encouraged. You know what he's encouraged by? He's encouraged by God. He's encouraged by people. You say, well, I'd just rather God encourage me just God. Well, he might do that through the reading of the Word of God, but usually he uses a song or a sermon or a testimony or something else. Paul was an encourager, but he needed encouragement. So here's, here's the question. We're going to wrap this up. Who might God want you to encourage? Maybe somebody in your family. Maybe your wife, your husband, maybe one of your children, maybe your mom or your dad. Wouldn't it be something for some teenager? You might want to do this when mama's sitting down. Just to tell mama how much you appreciate all she does for you. Right? Why don't, what, who might, maybe it's a friend you need to encourage. One of your buddies. Somebody you work with. We need God to encourage us, and we need to encourage others. And by the way, it's, you're going to be hard-pressed to do anything to encourage someone else if you're not letting God encourage you. How are you going to encourage someone if you don't have any victory in your own life? Maybe, maybe somebody in your church family, maybe some stranger, maybe, maybe a waitress or a waiter or somebody at the... You know, at the grocery store, maybe somebody you need to encourage. Everybody needs some encouragement every once in a while. I say it again. If, you, if you're not encouraged, you're going, what are you going to offer them? What are you going to give them? If you're not even able to be encouraged yourself. And that brings me to the thought that I began with, and that is this. I, I, want, I want us to really... Seriously think about how much missionaries need our encouragement. I don't think I'm far off from being right on this. A lot of, lot of people in our world, 
Here, we're busy. We've got jobs. We've got family. We've got children. We've got bills to pay. They're over there, you know, trying to minister to people in Europe or Africa or South America or wherever they are. We're thinking, they, you know, they've got it together. They never have a bad day. They never struggle. But I'm telling you, if you really think that way, you're not really thinking accurately. For one thing, we're, we have spiritual warfare here. Maybe you don't know what that is, but many of us do. You have spiritual warfare. The devil's fighting you all the time. What do you think he's doing to those people that are trying to reach unreached people? And what would it mean just for you to send them an email or send them a text or call them occasionally? Or maybe when they come here to take a personal interest in them? You, you just can't imagine what it means to people. You know, one of the things I heard from the Dunlops, they're not missionaries, but they're full-time servants and evangelists, how encouraged they were here. By, by, by what? Not by the building, not by the lights, not by people. By people. God encourages through people. And I just, if, I just want to encourage you, challenge you, charge you, that if you haven't signed up to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to adopt a missionary, that I'm going to, for several months, I'm just going to stay in, I'm going to pray for them regularly, I'm going to contact them occasionally, and I just wanna, I'm going to let them know that they're not forgotten. Many of you have already done that, but some of you haven't. I'd encourage you to do it. Now, think about this. Imagine, imagine how rewarding it would be to, to, to have a positive effect on the Apostle Paul to encourage him. Wouldn't that have been an amazing thing? Wow. But there are a lot of other people doing the same kind of work he's doing. I've mentioned this when I got back from Africa, but I sat down, visited. We visited a lot of missionaries. But within 30 minutes of me sitting down in the home of a missionary, this man just broke down crying. Because it meant so much that he had somebody there that he could talk to about what was going on in his life. He's not a weak Christian. He's a human. He's a human that's humble enough and sincere enough to say, I need somebody to talk to. Now, you don't need to go to Africa to do that. You can just send them a note, right? And, and pray for them. It's a good plan. I think it's a good plan. And I believe... I've seen it happen a lot of times. That when, when you send a note, a brief, a brief note's good. Because they got work to do. Just say, I just want to let you know I'm thinking about you today and praying for you. That they're going to take courage. I do. When somebody sends me a note, somebody's in, I don't know what their motive is. I don't know what prompted it. But if they say, I just want to let you know I'm praying for you right now, I take it. I take courage 
It's out there. I want it. I take it. You can say, well, they don't really know what I'm going through. Be that way if you want to. I'm, I need the encouragement. I'm taking courage. Amen? Paul saw these believers. Imagine how weary he must have been. All that journey. Prison. Shipwrecked. They had to all swim to shore. It's a horrible thing he's been through. Snake bit by a viper. Shook it off. I mean, you know, kind of like a day at the factory, right? It's tough. And there he comes, wore out, worn out. And all of a sudden, he starts seeing these believers come out to meet him. You know what he did? He thanked God and said, that's all I need to get me the rest of the way. Amen? We all need encouragement. Take it when it's offered and share it with others.